from the All-Ireland Business Foundation, this is Elaine Carl bringing you AIBF Business Talk. AIBF is an independent national body tasked with enterprise development and the promotion of best-in-class businesses as business all-stars. Today, I catch up with Ronan Haslett, Managing Director of Miranda, a second-generation family business established in 1984 in lovely Leitrim. Miranda are dedicated to manufacturing high-quality wood veneer component products from furniture manufacturers worldwide, currently exporting to over 12 countries. Thank you so much for joining me on AIBF Business Talk today, Ronan. Ronan, you're based in lovely Leitrim and Miranda is such a success story in, in the area especially as you've been serving businesses for over 40 years. What's the secret to that longevity? Yeah, good afternoon, Elaine. Lovely to speak with you this morning and to all the listeners. Uh, I think probably longevity is that customer-centric approach. The world is moving very fast and changing very fast. So I think it's incumbent on all businesses, big or small, to have that ability to be dynamic and change and move with what is a, a fast-moving economic environment, social environment and the rest. So I think that's probably part of that. I also think we've got a great group of people here. Like we're based in North Leitrim, right? We import 95% of our raw materials. We export 80% of our finished goods. So the bit that happens in Manor Hamilton really has to be very sharp, very smart, very productive, very efficient uh, and well-organized. So I do think probably our efforts around systems and development of systems and process and our con culture of continuous improvement has stood to us because it's forced us to be reflective and introspective on our business and what we're about and how we serve the client and where we bring value. It's about having those conversations. What is a value proposition and how do you extract that out of your head and relevant to what the customer actually wants? And we spent quite a bit of time, customer interviews, etc trying to understand the deeper dive of what our customers need. And hopefully we have evolved the business to reflect their needs. And therefore that gives us the longevity in the business. And I think Roland, when you mentioned there that you actually export approximately 80% of what comes out of your, your plant there in Leitrim. So that just shows that, you know, you're dealing very successfully with many other countries. How have you found that internationalization journey? Well, my mum and dad started the business uh, just coming on 40 years ago. Uh, so we first began exporting in the early 90s. My father began with the UK, Northern Ireland, and the UK was his first um, export venture. And then the US and into the Middle East. And we now do business in, in Australasia as well. So I, I think probably my dad was a very gregarious character uh, and had great uh, people skills and human abilities to sort of engage the audience. And regardless of where that audience might be, people buy people, um, whether that's in the Middle East or whether that's in the United States or in the UK. And I think if you can back up what you say in that face-to-face -face environment and have that accuracy of, of specification for the client as they, as, they, as they pitch it to you, but really understand what it is their need and what they, what they want, I think that allows and facilitates internationalization because if people feel that they're being listened to and that their product in their business is important to us then i think that's how that piece of internationalization there are the other bits of course you've got to get it on shippers and you've got to freight and you've got all those other challenges in some cases you've got language challenges and you've got documentation and administrative and all those other things but i think they're all a learned skill that you can you can pick up i think the key piece is that people buy people and you've got to work 
And again, it's back to my point, you've got to hear what they're saying. And as you go cross-cultural, you can hear different things in different countries and different communities. Uh, so you have to be, I suppose, aware to that. And we've made loads of mistakes, Elaine, over the years. Loads of mistakes. But and you wouldn't have anything in particular mistake. that gave you, say, a really big learning, Ronan, because I know people learn from their mistakes, but also by sharing something like that, it's maybe, you know, pausing somebody else making the same mistake. Yeah, maybe. It's probably just one thing myself. I remember there's a customer in the Middle East uh, and I emailed him the details he asked for and I was pretty sure I covered all the bases that he needed to know. Um, but ultimately a follow-up phone call was needed because there was a misunderstanding in the, in the text in which I wrote it. And it was a cultural piece. It wasn't necessarily that I did anything wrong or that his interpretation was any way wrong, but it needed a follow-up phone call or it needed something to affirm the messaging within the within the email and because you know only 30 percent of email communication is actually understood mm -hmm. so there's there's a there's a gap there between and this was way before zoom or linkedin or ms teams you know so so back to that point again it's about the voice of the customer and, and if i didn't we didn't hear it properly and, and therefore something happened from it but again recoverable savable but but you know i think they're probably one of the learnings it's things can get misunderstood with the best will in the world yeah, and it just goes back again, doesn't it, to show that the importance of the human voice and actually picking up that phone. And if there is ambiguity around something, just clarifying it on a quick phone call, because sometimes in an email or in a message or text or copy, something can get missing. And like, as you said, in your example, it could be something that's from a cultural perspective. You also mentioned when we talked about, you know, the longevity of Miranda, in addition to being, say, customer centric and attributing so much back to your people. You said that you had really good systems and processes in place. And maybe that's something that might be, I suppose, you know, stagnating or might have a lot of companies just at a plateau level until they do implement particular systems and processes. Would you like to just share a little bit with our listeners about that side of things? Yeah, I, I suppose it was interesting back at the recession, <coughs> excuse me, recessionary times, that sort of 9, 10, 11, 12 period, which was a great challenge for all businesses globally, but certainly in Ireland. We realized that we you know we really needed to reflect on our competitiveness and benchmark ourselves so we looked much deeper than just the pnl and went underneath and down the bottom and realized that a lot of our process was hemorrhaging and um, money ultimately our waste levels are too high our productivity was too low our yield factors were wrong um, and then just other <clears throat> repetition of mistakes so we learned stuff we were told stuff by customers and then we just continued to make the same mistakes we didn't we didn't evolve our process and, and our systemization to reflect the need not to make the same mistakes twice. So uh, we, we dug quite deeply into that and we did a Lean Start and a Lean Plus program at Enterprise Ireland. So we followed that whole culture, cultural lean improvement and that idea of continuous improvement where we challenged, continually challenged and looked deeper at how we were doing, how we did it and what cost that drove into the company and how could we extract from that. So we improved productivity levels, like in, in the early days, we made massive gains, but subsequent to those big gains, you make small incremental gains. So in the last couple of years, we've developed this system of 1% continuous improvement. So we've got, we've got two boards on our factory floor and we track 1%. So instead of saying we get 1% better every day, we actually track it, we physically write it down. So we've got two big boards on our factory. Uh, on factory flow, one is a 1%, we write 101%, that's our target for this year. And the other one is our values, our mission statement for the companies we go further. So we go further is that external engagement with stakeholders and outside parties from the company. And the 1% improvement is our internal improvements. 
So our we go further, we track a hundred of them as well. So we're tracking a hundred times when we did something over and above what you might consider to be the day job. So we've, we're critiquing and chronicling one, 200 improvements uh, in the company. And that's how we've sustained that 1%, 1%, 1%, 1%. And of course, technically and theoretically, we should be 100% better at the end of the year. And that's the journey that we followed. And to buy that, get that culturally embedded in the organization, you bring everybody with you. And I suppose the key thing, I talk an awful lot about explaining the why. There's a great book by Simon Sinek, um, and, and it's all about the why. And, and you know, he's, he's, we actually have some of his quotes in, in our hallway here in our picture boards. But that before I read Simon Sinek, I was talking about explaining the why to people, purely because it's if, if, if they can get my why and I can explain it properly to them, it can evoke and, and, and um, inspire behavior that actually gets us back on point and on strategy because we spend a lot of time around the goals of the business and the KPIs and the individual KPIs for people. And then our meeting structures will meet daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly. And all those KPIs are reflected back into our yearly goals at the end of the year, and they're all interconnected. So the key thing is alignment. And if we can get that alignment, and of course the 1% improvements have to be aligned as well. So they have to be all going towards a customer-centric outcome. And one of our, our um, brand, we have things called a brand KPI. So if you deal with Miranda, one of the brand KPIs is that we will, all our customers will celebrate a 90, 90% a, 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 a of our customers will celebrate a five-year birthday with us. Very good. That's brilliant. And I love that whole sense of alignment side of things. And I, I love that, I suppose, the sense of ownership as well. You know, when you were able to communicate you know, the why and why, Miranda, why are we doing this and why are you showing up for work? To buy into the bigger picture, people come on a journey with you. It's like the whole team spirit, if you look at it, when you buy into that whole ethos. And that's something that's often missing in a lot of organizations. And it's fantastic to see the compound effect. You know, when we think of compound interest and the consistency behind the hundred times, you know, you know what you're doing a hundred times from the external perspective, but also from the internal perspective. It's no wonder that you're facing your 40th birthday, um, Ronan. And just maybe another thing as well is that, look, Ireland's landscape typically from a business perspective is made up of so many family based businesses. But to see another generation come in um, and working so well with that, to you know, for that is fantastic. I'd love to maybe hear your perspective on the whole business continuity in moving from one generation to the next and how you've managed that, how that's been managed. Yeah, um, it's an interesting one, Elaine, and there's sort of a couple of parts to it. One of the parts in 2010 and 11, I did a master's in the University of Limerick around um, business administration and business management. And my thesis for the master's was in relation to small family business governance and succession planning. And it, it opened up all sorts of interesting information and, and ways and systems how to actually sustain that family business handover. But the percentages from first to second, second to third, third to fourth generation, it's incredible how they drop. And like, you know, in, in terms of into fourth and fifth generation, it's in less than 1% are successful. So I suppose from our perspective, my, my, my dad and my, my mother were quite forward thinking people. Um, and 10 years before he intended on finishing, he got a, a set of consultants in and had a whole family succession planning that went on for about two years in terms of my, my siblings and myself, the level of interest in the business and where it could go, and then planning around handing over the business. And these are all key things, the tax implications and the rest. So I think it was probably forward thinking on his part and his sort of sense of that business being legisorial and having that opportunity to provide a legacy for the family, if the family were interested, of course, in it. 
So I think that was a, a big factor. It was his leadership ultimately that gave us the proper pathway to give us the best chance, to give me the best chance to bring the business forward. Now, I have siblings involved in the board as well. So yeah, it was all organized in, in, in a sort of, well, that seamless is a bit strong, but you know, tried to have, have the- The homework was done. An accuracy around continuity, yeah. 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 So Ron, I think listening to your whole perspective and you know, now holding the reins at Marint, but seeing the journey over the last 40 years, how systems and processes have changed, but yet at the core, how such, how you're such a customer-centric organization that really just understands and keeps the finger on the pulse when it comes to your customers in so many different countries. It's no wonder, as I said, that you're celebrating this milestone and your colleagues uh, here at the All-Ireland Business Foundation are really looking forward to joining in those celebrations. I think it's very apt as well that you personally are being acknowledged as AIBF's Leitrim Entrepreneur of the Year for 2023. What does this mean for you, Ronan? Well, it's it's a great honour, Elaine, to be honest. Like, no more than anybody from the county, I'm a Leitrim man to the core. Um, and it's, you know, I, I, I wear that badge with great pride. And when I played football for the county and, you know, any other business representations, I, I was honoured with an ambassadorial role by Leitrim County Council back about six or eight years ago. And all these things are our are, 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 are badges of honour in, in a sense, but it's a little more than that, you know, the fact that we do what we do in Manor Hamilton and we bring our products around the world and we have a group of people and um, because we're quite a niche industry we're quite a niche product in what we do and like the people that work for me they're in the top half a percent in the world in terms of their skill set and knowledge and wood veneers so you know that we're able to have that message and we're able to validate what we do and I suppose from my own perspective, in terms of leadership I try and provide and the systems and processes that we're bringing, it validates that we're doing the right thing for the right reasons and that we're best in class in some cases and that we're bringing best practice into an SME in North Leitrim and Digis Manufacture who exports. And I just think that that validation of the systemization and the process and doing the right things, learn from different sources and, and, and the rest, but still doing the right things, I, I just think that that's a brilliant um position that we can share as a group in terms of the family of Miranda that is and, and like our culture here one of the values that we have is that um, the people are the oxygen of our business so our team values the people are the oxygen of our business so I'm only one member of the broader team the fact that I can have a, a leadership role be honored with this on uh, on Leachman Entrepreneur of the Year award is 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 huge and I'm very grateful for it but I am a leader who has a superb team behind me and upon their shoulders is, is, is how I stand. You're captaining the ship very well. What next for Miranda, Ronan? I, I, what we're trying to do um, is really bring more value. Um, so we're, we're trying to get ourselves up the value chain, Elaine, um, because the products that we've done thus far, ultimately everything is a product life cycle and we're entering in some, pro we have some products on a core business that are plateauing on that life cycle. So we have to find new ways to add value so that we're not competing on price, we're competing on value and service and, and other factors that are core differentiators. So we're really trying to properly define our value proposition and look at evolving our product portfolio to really be accurately supporting and facilitating the industry. And in the next 10 years, sustainability is going to be absolutely huge. So we've done a lot of work around the sustainability of our products and how we communicate that to our customers and therefore add value to them because they therefore have to explain that to their end customer and that we're able to give them that knowledge and that certainty. And we're looking at different things. Like we're, we're, I'm going to try and get the building here to a five-star energy rating. And again, it's all around that sustainability piece. So we're leading with that, but really it's about how do we bring more value because wood veneers are the most sustainable way to use the wood resources of the world. 
um, and we have a way to keep the beauty of wood in people's lives and keep the beauty of wood on design specifications and fit out projects and commercials and residential projects and hospitality projects we have a way to facilitate that and we need to we need to speak that um, gospel and communicate and connect and that's to our value proposition so it's better marketing it's better organizations moving up the value chain and just embedding our product portfolio with the right products that suit our end customer I love that whole sense of innovation. So it's no wonder that you've been so such a successful family-based business. And it's music, I think, to many people's ears, seeing how location isn't about everything. When you've got the right product and you, you know, you've got the customers, but you listen to the customers and you serve them and you serve them really, really well from a point of being ultra, you know, customer-centric with a great product, being ahead of that, it just shows you can set up your business anywhere. Um, and it's, you know, to see that you've got such a strong workforce, as you said. You know, up in Lovely Leitrim, exporting all over the globe. I think the world is absolutely a royster. That that saying really rings true. So thank you so much for sharing some wonderful insights with us today, Ronan. Well, Elaine, thanks very much. And I think back to the award, you know, it, it's that validation of what we're doing. And I've often said to the staff here, we can be world class from Manor Hamilton. We can be good to the Germans or the Italians or the Spanish or the people in the United States, whatever it might be. We can be and we just have to believe that. And the benefit of the award is, that it's 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 in a validation of all these efforts that we're making and as i say i i accept it on behalf of everybody and most especially include my mom and dad who put us all here and we wouldn't be here without their foresight and vision for the future of what we could be as a business thanks Rowan. so it's a fantastic tribute and nod to your parents who initially set up the business so well done thanks Elaine. thank you for listening to aibf business talk today i really do hope you enjoyed listening in to find out more about the All-Ireland Business Foundation and the work that we do, especially the Business All-Stars programme, just go to www.aibf.ie. Remember, never put off until tomorrow what you can do today. Until next time, from your host, Elaine Carl. goodbye.